0: You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Effridge. So straight from the inbox at feedback at SexyMarriageRadio.com, An email that just came in says, I emailed a while back, and you actually read it on the show. And And now you're doing it again. We're we're doing it again, (laughs) with (laughs) reading reading a second one, because he says that the the show's definitely opened up a lot of communication and taking some of the weird stigma away from talking about sex. But something they've been going through a while is what he calls, and this is what I love, sex chicken.
1: Sex chicken? Sex chicken. C H I C K E N.
0: Yes, because neither of them wants to initiate, so they go without until they're so frustrated that they give in, fight, <laughs> make up. It's probably not healthy, but I wanted to make. I want him to make me feel wanted, and like he has to initiate and never feels rejected. So, are we the only ones who play this game of chicken?
1: I love it. I would have never thought to apply that childhood game dynamic.
0: I didn't either, but it's like, that's perfect. That's a perfect description because how many times, I mean, I've even said on this show that that's something Pam and I have done before where we know sex is going to be happening and we get into bed and then we lay there and stare at each other. And it's like, Who's making the first move? You know, and
1: right, right. <laughs> so. That's why, that's why I, I know she wouldn't mind me mentioning her specifically. Uh, Layel, that owns Covenant Spice, yes. that, that actually is sponsoring, uh, you know, sexy marriage radio once a month. She and her husband have this, this agreement that they, it's like a tennis match, they take turns yeah. initiating, yeah, and that each partner has 72 hours to yeah. reciprocate. And and that way it takes the mystery out of it. And yeah, yeah. and that, I, I is brilliant that's that a viable life.
0: yep that's a viable option but it is so funny because you could look at it as the, even just the entirety of the the sex life could be sex chicken or even just the foreplay chicken of who's going to start what and whose turn is what you know because if you think about it, the nuances of all that could be so frustrating to think about it's like i just want you to do it no i want i want you and, I, and rather than hold on why are we playing chicken that's a great i love the framology with that
1: Yeah. But see, if you could apply the opposite dynamic of if I want something from my spouse, I'm going to pursue it from them and show them. And I, I, because I just think that if you plant one on your spouse, just, you know, grab them by their cheeks, just plant a great, I mean, I'm not talking about just a kiss. I'm talking about a great kiss on them. That's only going to happen so many times before they begin to reciprocate. I, I would think that a normal human being. And if they don't, will,
0: then you know, you know like where you stand.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you exactly.
0: know, you know, there's other things going on. Exactly.
1: That you need to talk
0: about together. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I get it. And that's my, the biggest counsel I give with the husband mastermind group is don't do your wife's job for them. Mm. If you want something, it's her job. And this is the, this is the thing I've adopted with Pam. And just sometimes I suck at it, but most of the time I'm pretty good at it. It's just that whole, baby, it's your job to say no. It is not my job to do that for you. I'm coming after you. I'm being overt. I'm being vulgar at times. I'm being crude. I'm being crass. Whatever it is that I'm feeling at the moment, I'm coming after you with it. And if you don't like it or want it or say whatever, it's your job to say, no, it's not mine.
1: Yeah, but it's also a spouse's job to say yes. And if they can't say yes to how their spouse is approaching them, they need to teach their exactly. spouse what works for exactly. them because your spouse can't read your mind. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was hoping Corey that we could address some feedback emails today. Just a wide variety of topics. Oh, we the just potpourri.
0: Do potpourri Let's do the potpourri. Yes.
1: There you go. There you go. Cause we, in addition to the sex chicken email, that is a classic. I like, like that one.
0: <laughs> that's very, that's very well done. I like it.
1: Yeah. Um, Uh, I think that uh, the episode or the uh, response that we got to the episode about expectations and selfishness, uh, there was one in particular that really stood out to me. I'm just going to read the first paragraph. This episode was so helpful. And so has like seven O's behind it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She said, I had completely bought into the idea of fusion in marriage because I heard it taught from spiritual leaders. I assumed it was the Christian way to do marriage, and I didn't even realize there was any different way to be. But she says, my husband is not into fusion marriage. So I assumed that he was distant and heartless, not mature and healthy. Since I've been working on my own fullness, mm-hmm. our relationship has improved. I've even noticed him wanting to spend time with me more. And he's even been sleeping a little closer to my side of the bed. I think that is yep. cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: Because think so, of, uh, But think about the model of that. Because this is where I hope people start to get grasp. If they listen to any of Sexy Marriage Radio, you know, if you take a, a slew of 10 or 15 of them, just a snapshot, and, and you try to – what's the main takeaway we're proposing? And my hope is, because that's what I'm bringing to the show, is anti-fusion, <laughs> that, that – I don't want – the fusion is the death nail of most marriages. Most people, the issues they're having is because they're too close. They don't have enough room to be themselves.
1: Or they expect a level of closeness that's just not realistic. True, That'll work. And they're frustrated that they can't have that. That'll work.
0: And so it's recognizing I have to seek fullness in myself that I'm a full-functioning human being that then is in partnership with another full-functioning human being because then I'm not obliged uh, obligated to do something with them. I, I do it out of choice. I do it out of willingness. I do it out of serving and care rather than well, all right, I'm stuck I'm stuck with you, so I'll just do that. And you know, and then I'm holding you responsible for what I've done or you need to make up for it and that's just the problems we can run into so often and so if she's becoming more full, he's noticing and like I like being around that.
1: It it's attractive. Yes. It's really attractive to be around somebody who feels comfortable in their own skin right. and feels as if they bring something to the table. It inspires the spouse to bring their best to the table as right.
0: well. It's just ha- it's just constantly answering the question I ask myself regularly is, would I want to be married to me?
1: Uh, that is such a great question. <laughs> would is. I want to be married to me? Yep. That's Yeah, that's brilliant.
0: And then there's the country song that came along with, uh, do I make loving me easy? Uh, that's a Zac Brown band song. Uh-huh. And that's a good. Do I
1: make loving me? Easy?
0: Yeah, did you make loving yeah. you easy is the way they sing it? But that's just switch it. Of, is it easy to love me? That's sometimes, good. Sometimes I could have un- unrealistic expectations and demands. Yeah. And-,
1: and and I know that there are women who probably identify with this statement. I know that historically, at times in our marriage, when I've gotten critical or rant about things, I don't like myself. Right, and and it's almost like I can hear a voice in my in my head saying shut your <laughs> mouth. Just stop right. while you're behind. Right. Just go away. And yet the mouth just keeps running. And <laughs> we are thinking in our own heads, wow, I am really being bitchy right now. Sorry for the don't nope, then, that but that's the reality is that, that when we feel that way about ourselves, chances are he feels that way too
0: yep that's the whole and we uh, really did, do
1: need to shut up and walk away sometimes did you
0: ever see the liar liar jim carrey's movie
1: yeah yeah a long time was, ago when he
0: was all I, I, careful or i hold you in contempt and his response is i hold myself in contempt you know <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly yeah, right
1: pay attention, pay attention to how you feel about yourself that's a good that's a really good measuring stick yes it is okay here's here's another one Corey. um Somebody wants to know, and you know, I think that of all the topics that we've ever covered in our 120 something episodes together, this probably is the one that has been most controversial. I get that because it's so, it's such a big paradigm shift to most people, but the topic of fantasy. Okay. Um, And we've gotten lots of kudos for our approach too, but there are some people, you know, there are some people who flat out disagree and I respect that to each his own, just chew up the meat and spit out the bones. But this one email, I thought that this was worth mentioning and just revisiting the topic for just a a few seconds. She says, with the whole fantasy, it is a huge paradigm shift, but she gets it that if you're trying to shut your brain down with every sexual thought, it is not very conducive to your pituitary gland triggering the blood flow to your genitals to make pleasure and orgasm possible. And so, but she just wants to know just to make sure she said, but how do I know what's okay and what's not okay? Okay. And she asked a specific question. She said, I'm assuming that fantasy about a real person is a no-no. And I would say that, yeah, that's where I think that that one needs to draw the line. It's one thing to fantasize about a father figure um, or a professor that you don't even have and you're the student in his classroom that's irresistible or fantasizing about a full-breasted woman finding you irresistible, but you're not projecting that onto an actual human being that you know. I think that that is, that is where the line needs to be crossed because it's one thing that you're projecting something and the projection is more about you than someone else. It's, it's not about the screen. It's about what's being projected and what need in you either didn't get met or what trauma in your life or disillusionment or disappointment have you experienced that would cause you to create that projection. But you don't need to project it onto another human being that you have no business being in any sort of sexual relationship with. Right. So it's one thing to fantasize about a figment of your imagination, and it's the storyline that creates the openness in your brain for the for the what happened, what needs to happen in the pituitary gland, and all that to take place. It's the plot line. It's not the character. Okay. It's the theme. It's the story to, that compartmentalizes your pain long enough to make room for pleasure. But when you start plugging a real person into that role, that's where it gets to be a really, really slippery slope.
0: Okay. So, and so um, could, a, could a litmus test question for this be, if at any point during the fantasy times for you, your partner asked, Hey, what are you thinking about? And you couldn't share it. We got a problem.
1: It could be, but there I mean, are a lot obviously of, there's a lot of that, different things that, yeah, there's a lot of couples that they're not at the point of intimacy yet that they would feel safe telling their partner any, what they actually, any
0: did. fantasy. That's
1: fair. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I want to say that it was over two years into our marriage before I was ever able to admit to Greg my theme of my fantasies that I needed. But he was very quick to say, I don't think that that's really about you. I think that that's about your childhood trauma, that he recognized the origin of it. And so because I was able to do that with him, it gave me confidence that, okay, yeah, I, I don't need to assume that this is how I really am and maybe I need to act out on it. It just gave me a level of confidence. So I do think if couples can reach that level of intimacy, it's very healthy, but you have to know where your spouse is. Because see, at that season of marriage, Greg was in a very good place and I knew that he would know that this is not about him. This Mm -hmm. is not about me being dissatisfied with you. And so not every spouse is at that place. Right. Some spouse, if they heard that their mate was thinking about anything other than what's going on right there in the now with them, they would be devastated. Right. You have right. to know what your spouse can handle and what they can't handle.
0: Well, um, I, I think it also comes down to, does does the fantasy steer you towards the marriage or away from it? Yeah. You know, does does it lead towards connection or not? Because that's where fantasy can be a detriment if you have to always disappear into that to have sex with your partner and you're never actually connected with your partner. Then you're not really having sex with your partner in marriage. You know, you're having sex right. with a fantasy. And so it's it's just it can get real convoluted. And I guess to simplify it for the case of this show, I would come at it from the standpoint of it's about, does it steer you towards the relationship? Does it steer you towards a depth of self and marriage?
1: Right. But I do want to clarify though, that it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that the fantasy has to be about your partner in right. order for that to happen. Right. Cause I think you fantasize about a lot of different things. And if it creates energy that makes you an interested sure. and motivated sex partner. Cause that's what so many of our listeners complain about is they just don't even seem interested or motivated. If a fantasy is what it takes to get you interested, motivated, but you're channeling all of that energy toward your spouse. And then especially if you can even be honest with your spouse and tell them what you're thinking and it adds energy in them too. It's really cool when a husband and a wife actually share a similar fantasy, right? because then you can kind of fuel each other with that. And some couples may not feel the need for that at all. And so I'm not prescribing it. I'm just describing it, but just know what your spouse can handle and also you can you are the only person that can answer that question of is it okay for you because this the bible is not so detailed as to what all we fantasize about like there's no black and white roadmap as to here's where it's okay to go in your brain and here's where it's not okay but i would just venture to, to remind folks that you don't fantasize about disney world when you're at disney world and you don't fantasize about cheesecake when you're eating cheesecake. And the fact that you're fantasizing about something else rather than sex with your spouse doesn't necessarily mean that you're being unfaithful. It just means that you're a human being and your brain usually needs to create a story to compartmentalize pain long enough to make room okay. for pleasure. So the fantasy will basically be the mirror image of that pain. And, and for those who have no idea what we're talking about, go back and listen to episodes like number 101, 102, 103. Yeah. Something like It was our earliest yeah. episodes. We started out this partnership together yeah. talking about the And fallacy. so now
0: I have to thank you because now I'm fantasizing about eating cheesecake at Disney World.
1: <laughs> oh, it can't be enough one or the other. You have to have both of them at the same time. <laughs> Typical male. <laughs> but now I really honor um, this person's desire to make sure that her fantasies are, you know, are holy and are healthy and are marriage fueling. Yeah. But only you can, can really ultimately answer that question. It's, it's a journey that I was on for many years and have arrived at a very rock solid, confident place. And when you do arrive at that place, it really does open you up to experiencing levels of, of sexual energy that you may have been previously uh, opposed to because it just scared you because the unfamiliar scares us. Right. Uh, so yeah, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, this is a really great question. I'm sure that this email caught your attention. Um, says in one of your recent podcasts, Corey brought up that most men, when turned down by their wives, either get angry or pout. And he says, I prefer to use the word sulk, which mm-hmm. is a really good yep. description. Yeah. Yeah. He says, You went on to say that neither of these is especially attractive, and he agrees. Yeah. So he says, my question is, what is the correct loving response to being turned down? Sometimes it's so helpful, or or, I'm sorry, hurtful. Sometimes it's so hurtful and frustrating to be refused or put off. So what is a good response that will further their relationship?
0: Great question. question. Great question.
1: I'm sure every man is going, yes, give me that answer.
0: Well, (laughs) because again, the idea isn't to be robotic. You know, it's not to act like that I'm Teflon and that doesn't hurt. Right. So when we get disappointed with things, be disappointed. You know, mm-hmm. be be frustrated. Be upset. Be sad. But be one of those or or whatever it is, not angry. Cause that's the whole deal. A lot of times we just get angry. Why do you blah 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 rather than I'm disappointed? You know, because that's what I've heard before. I'm sorry to disappoint you. And it's like, well, I'm sorry to be disappointed, you know? That <laughs> but, but it's just that whole, okay. I, also, I think
1: that's a really honest answer right there. Yeah.
0: It's it's also knowing in the whole scope of things, and obviously I don't know everybody's situation, but in the whole scope of things, this is assuming there's a marriage where sex is going on. So right. you know there's probably a likelihood of the next day, the next morning, that weekend, you know, at some point on the horizon, you're gonna get another shot at it. And it's and you're not gonna get turned down. So
1: well, let me I'm sorry, no, I didn't no, mean to no. interrupt you. It,
0: it's just recognizing if I if I keep that it, I just do this. This is what works for me because I know in, in the scope of my marriage, sex is is happening. So when I do get shot down, which you know it's happened a couple times this week, actually, um, and like, all right.
1: Uh Corey, it's only Tuesday. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs>
0: I, I know. Actually, it's it's Monday that we're recording. Um, but <laughs> I figured I would try to make it sound a little bit better than that. <laughs> uh, but Maybe I don't. Really I don't. I may, I may not actually follow the calendar weeks. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, okay. but it, it's just the idea. Of, I know. Okay. So it didn't happen this time. And the, the joke I use when I'm speaking, like at the getaway or retreats, is you know sometimes my, Pam turning me down is good judgment on her part because we're at Target. You know, Mm, and so
1: because you're coming to her out of your emptiness rather than out of your fullness. No,
0: we're in the aisle at Target, and I want to, I want to (laughs) really, you know, (laughs) I want to really spice it up. And and she's, don't
1: want to be in jail
0: for no, honey, not here. (laughs) But, but it's just recognizing, okay, so I make a move, I got shot down. Okay, how do I still connect? How do I be disappointed? How do I be upset? But I stay present, I stay there. Because if I just right. disconnect myself, then right. I'm kind of setting up the scenario where I'm not inviting anything in
1: the future. And, and that can create a downward spiral yes. on both their parts. It, okay, let me ask you this question. I'm just thinking out loud here. Yep. Is it a realistic expectation? Uh, I use that word that we hate, expectation. Right. Um, is, it, is it a realistic goal to maybe say that if either partner is going to decline a sexual invitation – that maybe it's their responsibility to say, but if we can do blank, fill in the blank, within the next blank, fill in the blank, as far as a time frame, I might be more interested. And so for example, if she's saying no, because he's simply been pursuing her physically lately, but hasn't been pursuing her emotionally, maybe to say, you know, I'm not in the mood for that right now, but if you could take me to dinner either tonight or tomorrow night, that I think that spending some quality time with you could really warm me up to that. Um, could that be a good growth goal for just the the person who's doing the rejection maybe. to pinpoint what that's, do I need from my partner in order to warm up to the idea? Because I do a- think that's
0: that- assuming a clarity of knowing what's missing as to why they're not interested. Because a lot of times I don't think that's there as much,
1: but I'm going to really challenge women, especially, and I know we're being stereotypical in the moment, but I'm going to challenge women that if you don't know what's missing for you, he'll never know. Right.
0: Well, okay. You
1: can't read that's your true. mind. That's true. So to figure out what you need in order to feel inspired, to connect with him is absolutely vital to keep to keep things, you know, on an upward trajectory, not a downward trajectory. Right. Okay.
0: And I just thought of this too, on what's a, what's a better way, a better response.
1: Uh, before you go there, can I just interject one little thing mm-hmm. for all the wives who are the the higher desire spouse? They right now need to hear me say that he needs to tell her, well, I'm not in the mood now, mm-hmm. but this is what Absolutely. I can use in the next 24 to 48 hours to feel as if I would want to be sexual with you because mm-hmm. Women get rejected, too. Yep. Lots.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, and, and this doesn't necessarily just for guys. This, this, this thing I just thought of would work with women too, of you okay. make a move, you get shot down, you get angry or pout or sulk, or you're disappointed. How can you channel that into some playfulness, too? Of uh, you know, it, it's a looking your partner in the eye and saying, mm, "You don't know what you're missing?" You know, or Ooh. it's, you know, it's something or where
1: I, I was really feeling like giving oral sex tonight. Well, wow.
0: Well, if that if that's actually true, don't do it as a manipulative stance because they're going to know. I mean, that's Unless what,
1: you're willing to follow through well, but, with the but, promise. But you know,
0: you, you've been with Greg long enough to, you know, if he's manipulating you or if it's coming out of his character and it's totally. who he is. So it's, it, that's what's changed for me is I've gotten to where I'm so much more solid, I think as I'm not ashamed of who I am. And so when I do get shot down, I can tell her, I can look Pam Square in the eye and say, are you sure? You know, just kind of a, Mm. really? You're,
1: I actually like that. You're I, turning, I love, like, you're, 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 turning you're,
0: you're turning this down, you know, and I can kind of make it fun and we're <laughs> laughing and she's like, Yeah, you know, and, and, and it's just this whole okay, because I'm just looking at it the bigger picture of I'm just trying to make sure I'm living a life worth being with, worth having sex with, worth, you know, inviting into my presence. And so if you kind of keep that mindset, I think you can use it playfully because there's a banter that happens sexually yeah. that can really trigger things in the long run.
1: Yeah. So instead of sulking, which isn't sexy, you're saying basically um, be a little cocky. Yeah.
0: Sometimes. Which is
1: sexy. I'm sorry. Yes, absolutely. It, there are lots of women who will admit that, yeah, when he gets a little cocky, it is kind of arousing. Yeah.
0: And that's so, where yeah. that's where the playfulness, using your strength of who you are, male or female, use your eroticism. And this is for the wife. Use your feminine. To with him of really, are you turning down this, you know, or kind of a, you know, be up, have some arrogance to your ability <laughs> to, yeah. to who you yeah. are. And that kind of sets the tone differently rather than, uh, okay, you know, and then that's just kind of, no, nah, it's basically reclaiming a little power. I just came at you with something. You didn't want it. So I reclaim a little of my power and keep that stance. I think that's a great script Going forward. Go.
1: Good. 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 I I like that. Okay. We're really quick. One more. Um, We got an email from a gal who says uh, the subject line is overweight, distasteful to both partners. She says, I feel like I'm getting excellent therapy each week from you guys and not just sexual every time she listens to our podcast. And we love hearing that. Uh and so she's listened to our episodes about, you know, when weight is an issue. Mm-hmm. But she says um she has felt fat since the day that she realized she couldn't fit into children's clothing size, clothing sizes anymore. That was when she was a young teenager. It set her on a trajectory for all kinds of eating disorders as a teenager and college student. And at this point, after having children uh and you know, just pregnancy, post-pregnancy weight clinging to her, she's she says she's 35 pounds more than she was when they got married. And she says, while my husband loves me fully, he has also told me that he prefers me at a lower weight. Okay. And she says, I guess what I'm wondering is how can I bring myself to my husband sexually with confidence, given that my weight is an issue for both of us?
0: <laughs> yeah. Which
1: is a great question. That is a it, fantastic it is. question. Because for a woman, sex is so much about how she feels about her body and yep. what she perceives her husband feels about her body. Yep. But I can't fathom that a husband would be... Like, you know, 35 pounds is not like 100 pounds overweight. I mean, you know, there's a lot of women who carry 10, 20, 30 extra pounds. But for her husband to feel as if she can at least bring her own insecurities along with her securities, because I'm sorry, nobody is either totally insecure or totally secure. We are all a mixture of both. If she can bring that mixture of both, I can't fathom a husband turning her down. Because good sex with a person that you love and are committed to for life and that gave birth to your children and all that, that's, that still has an element of, of, of appeal. Doesn't it, Corey?
0: Yeah. There's a depth to it. That's a, that's a connecting beyond just the skin. That's not, that's beyond skin to skin contact. And so.
1: It's soul to soul.
0: Yeah. And I, I think it's the idea of, of recognizing we're not the end all be all for anybody. We never could be. So I have to come to grips with my own limitations and be rather than being frightened by it i need to confront it well and some of what she's talking about is doing that it's the idea of yeah i have an issue with it as well and so what can she do to confront it and it's not just lose the weight it's it's how do i handle me right you know how do i view me and that allows the realm and the depth of hearing what your partner's preferences are hearing what they desire what they think and maybe that's something you you strive for but it's not as it's not as much of a threat it's you're not your identity is not contingent on your partner and their view of you it's contingent right. on much more
1: and, and I'm a big believer that women can feel good about themselves no matter what their size or shape. Because sexy is not about size or shape. It's about right. attitude. And I have known women who are far sexier at a size 22 than women who are a size two. Right? It's all about how they feel about themselves. So I would challenge this gal to also look at what else do I not like about my life or myself? And what can I be working on in tandem with my health because it's really not a matter of weight. It's really a matter of health Um, and not just physical health, but mental and emotional and sexual health too. But, you know, focusing on things that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, it's, you know, it's doing my coaching for me. It's doing my workshops. It's, it's riding my bike, it's swimming or going to yoga. It's doing things that make me feel good about the space that I take up on the planet and the contribution that I make into other people's lives. When I feel good about those things, I can totally ignore my stretch marks and any cellulite ripples or saggy boobs or, you know, like those things are, those come part and parcel with aging Mm -hmm. and and being in a a mature woman's body, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that it has to take away your sexual self-esteem by any stretch of the imagination. It's
0: the same thing. It's the same advice that we gave just at the end of the last question of, there's an element of cockiness that you can add, that you can kind of digest That, that there's nothing more attractive than a confident woman to me
1: when you look at Mae West or Dolly Pardon or, you know, or Melissa McCarthy, I mean, there are some voluptuous women who I'm sorry, they are sexy. Yeah. Because of who they are and how they feel about themselves and how they seem to want to make other people feel about themselves. And so that's that's really what it's all about. All right, Corey, we're going to wrap up with this one last one that this, uh, I feel like this is some of the two of the biggest compliments I feel like we've ever been given. Uh, This guy writes in and says, of course, he's binging um, and that he thinks that we clearly have superpowers because. So oftentimes he listens to shows and he's been thinking that he needs to give us an email at feedback at sexy radio.com and tell us he wants a topic covered. And lo and behold, we will cover it before he even emails. All right. So, um, I'll, I'll take the idea that we have superpowers. Well, (laughs) I'll let people think that about us, (laughs) but he says that, um, uh, he, he closes his email with, is there any chance that you might could do two shows per week? And I just kind of giggled because I know how busy you and I both are with all of our coaching clients and stuff. But I just thought, you know what? We are going to leave him wanting more, but it is such a huge compliment to know that right. he wants more.
0: <laughs> well, but what, rather than possibly two a week, what we are going to start doing though, and this is what I mentioned last week is we're going to start incorporating a little more of a call-in feature. And okay. so here's how this is gonna work. This is a great way to wrap it up with this. That okay. one of the things we've we've we keep coming to with the limitations of this show is it's it's the, the time frame of it's 30 minutes. You know, it's, we try to shoot it for drive time for people, workout time for people that you know we, we don't want to be that inconvenient in the sense of, wow, I can't listen to an hour. I mean, obviously right. if a topic warrants it, we would go longer and some of them do. But it's it's the whole idea of we're trying to sit it, fit it in a time frame, and so when, what we get at feed at emails at feedbackatsexymarriageradio.com is just the snippets of stuff. It's it's some details, and we can't really go into uh, really unpacking it, which would really benefit a lot of people, I think. Mm-hmm. So what we're wanting to do is, if you've got something that you want to have discussed at a in greater detail, we, I ask you just to use feedbackatsexymarriageradio.com. Give us a snippet of what you're what's going on, just like you would with. Here's my question, and then at the end of it, say, "And I'm I'm interested in doing this in greater detail because we don't we don't do these live in the sense of, you know, this. If you're listening to this, it's not us behind the microphone right now. It's we record okay. it live in the sense of one take, little to no editing if possible." And so we have, to, we have to schedule these, and so that means we have to schedule time that we can get you on the phone when we're on the air. And so that's where it takes some coordination to do, but it can be done, and, and it's very yeah. simple. And so if you're interested, all you have to do is say, I'm interested, Here's the, but give us an idea of what you're wanting to cover because we don't wanna, right. we, we got to make sure it's, it fits.
1: We don't want to be blindsided. Yeah,
0: where, so it fits what's going on with our show and, and really could be something that would be a larger message to help a lot of people. Because I I firmly believe one of the things I hope people get from our show is that you're not alone in what you face behind closed doors.
1: The most, the most powerful four words in the English language, you are not alone.
0: And you're also not alone. What goes on between your own ears? You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just, we're there. And so, it, it, your struggle could impact a lot of people and us being able to go deeper with you could be a fascinating path to go down. And I'm, I'm excited about that possibility.
1: I'll be interested to see who the first volunteers are. Cause <laughs> the first I, ones are usually the hardest uh, to come by and I, then everybody else falls in line. I have
0: a few names that come to mind right off the bat of people oh, that I know. are, I know who are loyal <laughs> fans. And so, you know, who we're talking about. Um, exactly. So if you're interested, again, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Um, we'd love to, to hear from you and, and talk yeah, and, a little and more. And if you don't
1: want it on air, but you want to connect with us face-to-face, Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway is June, a great place to do that. June
0: 23rd to the 26th. Signups are still open, and we'd love to have you come join us. So, man, this has been fun. I like potpourri.
1: I know. We need to do this once in a while.
0: Absolutely, because we get so many emails that come in. I want to make sure we honor people because they take the time out to to share their life with us. And I I thank you for taking the time out every week to to share and invite us into your world behind closed doors and to to go where... No man has gone before. No, that doesn't quite fit. That's Star Trek, I guess. So that's <laughs> not quite the same thing, although it could be. I was
1: going to say, let the force be with you, but then I realized that's Star Wars. That, that's That, not
0: that might work too, because all of those, I mean, everything with what we talk, our topic is innuendos towards something else. There you go. I mean, that's there what she go. said, right? That always, <laughs> it always works. So
1: In bed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for taking some time out. We hope to see you next time.
1: Yeah, we love you for listening. If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at sexymarriageradio.com by clicking on the purple button.